It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to well, make welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist. And today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I hope everyone that is listening will just turn up the volume on your radio just a bit today because I think we have some very interesting and very life-changing information to share share with you today. You know, every week as I prepare for the show, which means usually I get started on Monday night, (laughs) and then I start really ramping up on Tuesday night. Sometimes it rolls into Wednesday night. And uh, so it's like maybe 10, 12, 15 hours of preparation. Often nutrition educators and other nutritionists send me articles and stories, and I have all kinds of books covering my dining room table. And I look at research, and today's topic required an extra large amount of research material. So my, my table was literally stacked high with reference materials. So if you're listening, sharpen up your ears. Have you ever heard of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? Or some people call it non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. And I bet you're listening and I bet you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, don't you have to be a chronic alcoholic to have a cirrhosis of the liver? No, not really. In fact, I have an interesting short story to share. You know, when Orly who was one of our nutrition educators, realized that we were talking about non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver, she shared this story. Orly said, the doctor told us that my dad died from cirrhosis of the liver. Cirrhosis of the liver? Well, I was puzzled because he didn't even drink alcohol. But my dad did eat candy all the time. He would eat our Christmas candy. He would eat our Easter candy, and of course, he loved Valentine's Day because that is really candy day. She said, my dad was addicted to sugar, and he ended up with non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver that killed him. So we have a sugar connection to non-alcoholic liver, fatty liver disease. So we're going to be talking about non-alcoholic fatty liver disease on our show today. Joining me today... In our discussion is co-host Wendy Cates Dancer. Wendy is a registered nurse, a nutrition educator, and counselor. And Wendy, I bet when you were at the hospital and working as a nurse, you probably had a few patients, you worked with a few patients that had cirrhosis from alcohol. Yeah, we never talked about or we were never taught about cirrhosis of the liver from sugar. Okay. Ever. I bet. So this, uh, you know, is a really uh, new phenomenon in the, you know, medical community that this is Mm -hmm. why this is happening was always, uh, you know, alcohol. But the uh, these patients really, really suffer, Um, you know, and of course, we would get them in the end stage of the disease where their uh, their abdomens would have so much fluid that they would look like they were, you know, 10 months pregnant. Well, yeah. it's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it, Wendy? Because when we look at non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, that's one of the signs and symptoms, isn't it? That it maybe, is. It, it is. is fluid. Yep. Yep. 
and but fluid can build up so much that it uh, you know even inhibits your your breathing. And then the other thing, these people would have uh, bleeding under their skin. So they would have this little, we call it petechiae, Mm -hmm. but they would, you know, they would bleed under their skin, look extremely unhealthy, yellow eyes, this Mm -hmm. jaundice from, again, uh, uh, your liver not working properly. Oftentimes they would get uh, confused and be in uh, even a psychosis because of the uh, the toxins, toxins on their brain, up, yeah. on their brain, sure. and then eventually, uh, you know, they would go into a coma and uh, and die. Not, not not a pretty picture. Not a pretty not picture at all. So no. this is a huge, huge, huge concern. You know, we now have, as we're going to be talking about, uh, children right. mm-hmm. with fatty livers. So I think the typical, you know, perception from everybody had, even the medical community had is that liver disease primarily affects people who drank too much alcohol. Exactly. exactly. But in fact, 20% of Americans today... 20%? At least have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That's over 70 million Americans have this condition. You know, this disease starts with a buildup of fat within the cells of the liver, but can progress to inflammation... And it actually develops scar tissue in the liver. And eventually, it's like liver failure, right. cancer. You know, another little thing that I was reading last night, it is the leading cause of liver transplants, needing people needing to have liver transplants now. Wow. Non-alcoholic liver disease. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. That is amazing. A liver transplant. Yes. So joining us in our discussion today is nutritionist Leah Wetzel. Leah just completed her master's degree in nutrition. She became a licensed nutritionist. (laughs) Yay! Yay! (laughs) And recently completed the exam to become a certified nutrition specialist. Just lots of work over the last four years, hasn't it? It's been a lot of work, yes. And but you know what? She has lots of knowledge. <laughs> now I could go and I love it because now and I can we run go to, we go to Leah's office <laughs> and we go, Leah, <laughs> get your books out. We're gonna look this up. And and speaking of that, that's very interesting that you said that it's now the number one cause because not that long ago in school it was the number three cause. Okay. So that's I mean yeah. that's and they said that pretty soon in the near future that it was going to become the number one cause because of the rates of obesity in this country. Wow. Yes. Just in last so that year. happened quick. Yes. It did yeah. happen it's quick. This is changing so fast. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and kind of going into what you talked about, Wendy, that um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease a few years ago was a rare condition for kids. But a study came out in 2006 of people living in the San Diego area under the age of 20 found that one in 10 had this liver problem. Wow, 10%. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. And we now know that 6.5 million children in the U.S. now have fatty livers. Wow. That's just not a good thing. No, no it isn't. Because our liver, I mean, we can't live without it. And this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease simply describes a condition where fat accumulates in the liver, often making up at least 10% of the liver. It's not meant to be there Mm-mm. at all. In the United States, a new study found that 65% of people over 80 years or older have this fatty liver disease. That is a lot of people. It is. And there's a lot and of people that are not all the... drinking alcohol. No, they're not. <laughs> 
But they're eating that apple pie. (laughs) Yeah. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is most common in middle-aged people who are overweight with metabolic syndrome and elevated triglycerides and insulin resistance. And I think we see a lot of people with that. Yes, we do. So, you know, that was just a big mouthful of problems. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, You know, researchers at Duke University found patients who have fatty liver disease tend to consume large amounts of fructose, especially in soft drinks. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not new to us, is it? No. No. In fact, they found people with non-alcoholic liver disease drank three times more sodas than the average American. And this is kind of scary. What does the average American drink? What? You might be surprised to know that the average American, that's everybody, two cans of soda per day. Per day. Per day. And somebody's drinking our share. Yes. That's right, because we're not. So, <laughs> yep. so what that means is these people are drinking three times two, which equals six cans of soda a day. That's crazy. High fructose corn syrup. Now, you know that two cans, we were running around the office. We've got to figure this <laughs> out. How much, you know, we kept getting it in gallons, and we, and yep. we but this is an accurate figure. Two cans. Two cans a day. Of average, the average person. Yep. So six cans of soda. Yeah. So you might be asking yourself, if drinking this much fructose causes your liver, liver cells to become full of fat, why don't they just quit drinking the pop? Yes, why don't they? Well, you know, when people are drinking the pop, you know, even though if they have developed some level of fatty liver, they have no obvious symptoms of it. But we do know that pop is very addicting and that some people actually need some help to stop drinking the pop. And we do that help, don't we? We do. We can help. (laughs) A lot of counseling about reducing that pop consumption. Yes, and we hope you're all listening today because we want to help before uh, this fatty liver, this gets too serious. Mm -hmm. Because liver disease progresses and to the more advanced stages where you may suffer from any number of symptoms, including blotchy red palms. So I bet everybody is looking at looking their palms. At my, and say, oh, I just put mine out here. <laughs> but, but I'm not doing the high fructose corn syrup. Uh, blotchy red palms, star-shaped spider veins on the upper part of your body. Oh, yeah, we've seen that. We've yes. seen those. We uh-huh. see them on alcoholic's cheeks. Yes. Yes. Um, thinning hair. Oh. And we were just talking about that, too. It's like, how many women do we see coming in? Having issues with my that. My hair is thinning. My hair is thinning. <laughs> my hair is thinning. It's kind of like that. That's, yeah, that's a serious concern. It is, absolutely. Uh, swelling of the legs. Yes. We call that edema. Yes. Abdominal fluid. Which we were just talking about. Exactly. You found in, in cirrhosis mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, alcoholics drinking too much alcohol. Exactly. Mental confusion. Yes. And mm. enlarged breasts in men. In, in men. men. And w- <laughs> so if and it's just, you know, have you seen the young people at the beach with their shirts off, these young men now? Yeah, enlarged breasts. Enlarged breasts. Yeah. And you've been looking? Yes. Okay, Dar. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you are listening. To- <laughs> you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am very puzzled. Yesterday I had a grandmother tell me about her grandson who is suffering from dangerous constipation. Yes. 
dangerous. The parents have taken the child from one specialist to another, but they have never, ever explored the food connection to constipation. The child eats cheese, bananas, crackers, and cereal. Now, really, who wouldn't be constipated? My question, when and how did we ever get so disconnected from what we put into our mouths? I now know, we know that we could help this child. Mm-hmm. We could help this poor little guy feel a lot better, and that's our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you have questions today about uh, liver or liver function or metabolic syndrome, uh, please give us a call here at 651-641-1071. We'd love you to join the conversation. We'll be right back with Dishing Up Nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you are experiencing heartburn or acid reflux, you're not alone. This heartburn problem has doubled in the last decade. It may surprise you that acid reflux is a nutritional problem. And the culprit isn't vegetables, but it is often brownies, candy bars, corn chips, beer, or muffins. You know, those sugar foods. Acid reflux and heartburn... They're a common problem, and we actually help a lot of people overcome that. So if you have that problem, just call 651-699-3438, and we've got wonderful people to see you. So Yes, we do. Yes. yes. So back to, to fatty, fatty liver. liver. I want to share some stats with you guys about fatty liver. So 3% of people with fatty liver disease progress to liver failure. That's like death. Then. Yes. Yep. That, yep. Exactly. You can't live without your liver. <laughs> no. So a non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is the most common liver disease affecting about one quarter of the population. So that's about 25% of us. Yes. And I think earlier we said maybe 20%. So right. each time we read new research, that yeah. number goes up, doesn't it? I've heard t- between 20 and 30% okay. right now. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, kind of hitting the ball. So we're right on. Yep, 25%, exactly. But that's, that's shocking. It is shocking. And this common killer is large, largely preventable with nutrition education. Well, you know, a few weeks ago, Dr. Oz, maybe it was a couple of months ago, actually, Dr. Oz had a great show about what really happens when people eat excessive amount of sugar. You know, he called eating this much sugar as sugar abuse. Sugar abuse. Now we have alcohol abuse. And sugar abuse. Cocaine abuse. Sugar abuse. Yes. And if you think about abuse, 
then I think Dr. Oz really coined a good term. You know, here's my visual. Visualize <laughs> sugar turning into a baseball bat that is pounding away at your liver until the damage is done. I can see that oh, happening. Yeah. Because we're looking at lots of inflammation, definitely. Yep. And that's what happens if you pound it with a bat. Yep. I mean, same sort of thing. That's, that's quite a visual. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, my, liver, my liver is sore already. Oh, my gosh. So uh, we have a caller oh, here. Okay. So let's take a call. Julie, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hello. Thank you for your show, and thank you for taking my call. Yes. I have a question about preventing metabolic syndrome in um, an infant that we are adopting in one or two weeks. Okay. I'm trying to choose a good organic infant formula because I'm not able to breastfeed. I, I'm looking at, I'm trying, I've done a lot of research. I've looked at two, there's two good options. One has palm oleic oil as the fifth ingredient, and the other does not have any palm oleic oil, but it does have organic soybean oil, which I've read about palm. Do you know anything about palm oleic oil uh, blocking absorption of calcium and fats? No, but my sense is, well, my sense is to go with the palm but okay. no, I don't know. We don't know. And Leah's shaking her head. No, what? do you know about palm blocking oleic? absorb? Yeah, blocking Block, absorption. blocking absorption of calcium and and fats. Yeah, I mean not in particular, but I would take that over a soy formula. I think okay. that that sounds like a better option. There's unfortunately not that many good options for formulas right now. So how old is the child that you're adopting? It's going to be born in one to two weeks, so I'm trying to get oh. started on oh. the right foot. Congratulations. Good for yeah. you, though, for doing the research. Well, That's I'm really great. interested in, in doing it, and you guys have helped uh, my family and my husband, so I've, I've learned from you guys to do the research. But but one of the formulas has corn organic corn syrup solids as the main source of, I think, lactose, or one of the sources of lactose, and the other one has brown rice syrup. Is one of those better in terms of, metabolic syndrome you know i'm just going to throw out another idea and help me out because i'm not sure of these terms but i do know that there is breast milk banks okay that you can get breast milk for a new baby for and i'm not sure where you go to find that but there's um isn't it called the lalich society that is helps with breastfeeding and teaching isn't that right wendy i probably that's who i would contact because Maybe that's your first best option. Okay, great. I, will do I, I have another idea, too, and that is uh, Sally Fallon's book, uh, Nourishing Traditions. Yep, I have it. Uh, the section on uh, feeding babies. Yep. Uh, but, you know, also, uh, you know, call the Weston, call them, go to the website or even call them. I'm sure they would have the latest information, too. Okay. The, yeah, the and that's the, I mean, that's the best Foundation. that I know of is, is the one that you just talked about, Wendy, is yeah. to actually make your own... So, so lots but, of d- different oh, possibilities. Yeah, and I'm so uh, thrilled that you're getting ready for this new little one. And the fact that you recognize that you have to pick the right formula to pre- to prevent metabolic syndrome. Yeah, in yes. babies. absolutely. Think it starts as with babies. I Day one. Totally agree. Day, right. Day, well, it starts yep. even before then exactly. with what the mother's eating. Yep. Yep. Right. All right. So. Well, I'll be pulling out my nourishing tradition book. I didn't think about that. Okay. Yeah. Looking oh. up the La Leche Society. La well, Leche yeah. League. Yeah, yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you thank so you. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call, Julie. Thanks. Bye bye. Great. Isn't that, that's wonderful? I yeah. It's it just so thrilling. Yeah. Yeah. So we. So we were talking about. Fatty liver, fatty liver, and the damage that can be done from it that sugar does, yes. and that the liver tissue actually becomes 
uh, ha- scarred yes. and, and non-functional. And so when we even look at how this develops, it can it can develop very, very quickly. Oh, it can. And does everybody remember the documentary Super Size Me? Filmmaker Morgan Spurlock ate all of his meals at McDonald's for 30 days. That's not very long. And his other rule was if they said supersize it, do you want to supersize it? He would have to supersize it. (laughs) And in 30 days, he gained 25 pounds. But his doctor was most concerned. But the other thing he did, remember, is he had all of his labs drawn before he started this. He had his body completely assessed. So that what the doctor was so astounded by, uh, in 30 days, the damage to his liver. Blood test shows, showed that his liver enzymes had soared in just 30 days. A sure sign that his liver was under stress. As if he were drinking excessive amounts of alcohol. And no, he was just supersizing it. <laughs> his doctor said to him, you're pickling your liver. Oh my gosh. Now, he wasn't drinking alcohol, but he was drinking supersized cups of fructose-rich soda. So, Wendy, it took him about, well, less than a month to develop this fatty liver, and it took him over six months to reverse that damage. Just think about that. Uh, It just took one month to bring up his liver enzymes. Yep. And six months to reverse it. And he was, I mean, he was a good eater before this. He was extremely healthy. He was extremely healthy. Yep, exactly. And so going back to that eating style, eating extremely healthy, it took about six months. Mm -hmm. So, oh, should we take a caller? Yeah, sure. Okay. Good. Betty, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi, good morning. Good Good morning. morning. Hi, interesting show. I have two questions. One of them you may have just answered. Is it reversible? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, it okay. depend, you know, yeah. it certainly depends on what stage we start at. Now, if we have a liver that's already scarred, that's going to be, uh, yes. you know, a lot. Uh, you develop the different. cirrhosis, yeah. Um, okay. But uh, you know, certainly at uh, with a lot of intention, with you know, some really really good nutrition, uh, low, uh, no high fructose corn syrup, and a lot of foods that actually heal the liver. Um, oh, I hope you'll talk about that also. We are going to a li- in a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And my other comment was for this new adaptive mom. Um, I remember this because I met someone, I remember reading about it, that was able to nurse. Yes, I've heard and that it, too. Yeah, so I wonder if she's done that research. I don't know. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. she can use By taking some hormones? ahead of time. And or, I, you know, I think it's just... It just happens? Th- yeah, I'm not sure how. Um, I think there's prep before, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I hope she'll, I, you know, good luck to her. Well, <laughs> Thank you, know, you. She's a researcher, so she'll, that's a good point. Yeah. Great, Great. idea. Bye. Well, thank okay, you, Betty. Thank you, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. That, that's a good question that she had. Is it reversible? So, yeah, I mean, but like you said, we got to catch it before it becomes, the tissues become scarred. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. There's different levels, mm-hmm. like what you said. But, you know, and but I also know that even if there is some damage, I mean, your liver is a, an amazing organ. It can actually even uh, regrow uh, itself. So it, uh, I, I'm sure we can, again, with some good nutrition, really help our liver out. So it, unfortunately, it's or fortunately, however <laughs> you want to look at it, it's time for break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, school may be out for your children. But at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we are just gearing up for our summer classes. 
Uh, we are teaching them all over the Twin Cities, and we're really excited. We have lots of classes lined up for you. And a summer evening is a great time to learn some of this life-changing information. No snow drifts to <laughs> climb over, no shoveling to do, no slippery roads. And the only thing cold are the nice air-conditioned rooms uh, that we give our classes in. So go online at Weight and Wellness and sign up for your favorite class. And we're so excited because we're offering a special this summer. If you sign up for class, you can bring a friend for free. And the class is only $25. I know. Wow. What a great Buy deal. Buy one, get one. You know, because there are so many of our listeners and people that come to our classes that just, uh, it's so ex- such exciting information, they want to share it. So we thought it would be great uh, this summer to bring a friend for free. Sounds good to me. I think that's a wonderful idea. Good my Yep, it was it was yours. Well, of course, it's even more wonderful then. So, if you have questions for us today about fatty liver, please give us a call here at six five one six four one one zero seven one. We'll be right back with dishing up nutrition. Welcome back to dishing up nutrition. I think if you have insulin resistance, or you're pre-diabetic or diabetic. The perfect class for you would be avoiding the diabetes epidemic with real food. And we're teaching that June 30th in Wyzetta. Or if you have osteopenia or osteoporosis in all thinning bones, nutrition solutions for osteoporosis on June 27th in Wyzetta. Or if you want to kick your metabolism up a notch, how about jumpstart your metabolism in Lakeville on June 30th? And to sign up, you can go online or you can call 651-699-3438. And online, it's just weightandwellness.com. And you can sign up just right online. And these are great classes. They are. Great classes. Lots of information. So let's go back to talking a little bit about just the supersize me and what happened. How did did Morgan's fat, his liver become so fatty? By drinking the sugar in the pop, right? Yes. Exactly. So the type of sweetener was high fructose corn syrup. Which in is the, in soda. In soda. A lot of the sodas are high fructose corn syrup right. now. And that turned into triglycerides, which is the fat in the fatty liver that fills up the liver cells. So actually what you're saying, Leah, yes, is that triglycerides come from sugar. Sugar. Okay. Yes, high sugar foods. This excess sugar also resulted in free radical damage to the mitochondria. And our mitochondria are the cell energy factories. So, you know, when you think about free radical damage, it's like little, I, I always think of it as little spikes going out and kind of chewing up your cells a little bit. Exactly. And so that's, so what you're really saying is the sugar from the pop did that? Yes. Okay. So when this happens, the poisoned or the damaged mitochondria, you know, that's, again, your energy furnace, can actually burn less calories. Right. Which leads to a slower metabolism, which leads, leads to, to more triglycerides, yeah. which leads to more fatty liver. Yes. And that's just a huge, huge cyclical problem. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you've got a fatty liver that's inflamed and you're not feeling good. 
No, you have slow metabolism, you have weight gain, and you have an inflamed liver. And fatigue. And fatigue, absolutely. The accumulation of fat inside liver cells causes an, in, an increase in the liver cell inflammation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also that loss of elasticity we're talking about. This is, this is scarring. It's actually scarring of yeah. your liver. Isn't that interesting? It is. It's also very scary. Your liver becomes rather hard, and it becomes non-functional, and then it can lead to, it leads to the cirrhosis that we're talking about, or it could lead to cancer. Another thing, another reason that we see so many liver transplants or people signing up for liver transplants, not that they're getting them, but a lot of people are asking for them. But if this continues, we're not going to have anybody to... You know, a liver that we're even going to be able to transplant. <laughs> yep. You know, 25 to 30 percent of yep. fatty livers. It's like. Yes. So any damage to the liver is very likely to impact every body function, everything. It increases the risk of heart disease threefold in men. But interestingly, it increases the risk for heart disease 14-fold in women. Wow. So women are much more vulnerable to sugar. I mean, that's a big it's just problem. Given. It's a given, isn't it? Yeah. Fatty liver is really a dangerous, but it's rather silent epidemic that's going on in our country. Yes, yeah, so I don't know too many people sitting on, Around. The, on the couch worried about their liver. We're talking about Do you it. Are talking no. about it. I bet or... after his show, we're going to have a lot of people talking <laughs> hope, about. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't even talked about it much in no, our classes. No, we haven't, have we? No, no. no. And it's time because yes, it because as it's you can becoming... see, Leah, from just the few months ago that you were studying this in school. Yeah, it's been about six months. It's the number one. It's the number one cause of liver transplants mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. So what are your risk factors for non-alcoholic fatty liver? I want you to ask yourself these questions. Number one, are you insulin resistant? Now we know, we see our clients, about 80 to 95% of them are insulin resistant, aren't they? Right, that's right. And exactly. I think if we look across the, you know, not that we're seeing all the people that have insulin resistance, but if you just look across and read the stats, you know, they're saying probably at least 80% of the total population now has insulin resistance, if not higher. Yes, exactly. Number two, are you pre-diabetic or diabetic? You should know what your fasting blood sugar numbers are. That's important. Well, and then people will say, Leo, so when when will I know if I'm pre-diabetic? It's kind of like we know that when the, and help me out, Wendy, with some of these numbers, I think whenever we know that we're starting to go up above 100, 110, yeah. mm-hmm. that's beginning of that pre-diabetic. Yep. And then if we get up to 110 or over, well, they're considering it as diabetic now, aren't no. they? Yeah. yeah. I think it needs to be, yeah, well, you know, certainly uh, it, it depends on the doctor, yeah. uh, too. A lot of doctors get very concerned if over 100 uh, pre-diabetic, but usually diabetic um, would be... Uh, like 120. Yeah. 
120 um, to 140. Yeah, 130, yeah. 120, okay. 120. That's usually yeah. like standard medical. But I mean, yeah. we would think that that would, I mean, that would be a red flag for but we us. we would get very concerned. But doctors tend to, you know, let it go a little bit longer. Okay, another important thing, number three, are your triglycerides above 150? We really recommend them. Ideally, they should be under 75. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a big discussion about triglycerides at uh, class. At your weight and wellness on, class? Yes, on Thursday. And one woman said, well, how high can triglycerides go? Oh, And really I said, high. well, they can be unmeasurable. They, yep. can, can, they can be that high. And her husband's triglycerides were over 800. Wow. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? I've had patients that have over 1,000. Wow. Yep. But, you know, remember Larry who... Think about their livers. You know, yes, exactly. Was I, you like know I was thinking about Deb on the way here. Yes. Deb Reeves. And and his were, I believe his triglycerides were like 1,200. Mm-hmm. And within six weeks, they were back of, into of the... eating really you know, well. Under 200. It, yeah. Like in six weeks. Right. Now, Dar, is, is, is that one of the first numbers that you tend to see that changes when yes. people start eating better? Absolutely. Yes. Yep, exactly. That's what I've been seeing, too. Yep. I always have people, uh, you know, that this is what we need to work on, the triglycerides. Yes. We bring those down. And then everything else Every, starts to balance out. Everything yep. else follows, yep. Exactly. Okay, one more. Number four, are you overweight or obese? As we know that 67% of the population is overweight now. Right. Okay. So that gives you a lot to work on. So should we take a break now or uh, we have on? a couple minutes okay. left? Okay. All right. So there's an interesting article. It was called Is Sugar Toxic? And that was the headlines in April 17th, uh, New York Times Magazine. And most sugars, you know, such as table sugar, high fructose corn syrup, honey, are about a half glucose and a half fructose. So it seems, from all the research, it seems the fructose that is really causing the problem. I remember when you and Anna did that show mm-hmm. on the difference of sugars. Yep. That was, and that's what exactly what you talked about then. It's yep. amazing. So high fructose corn syrup is 55% fructose. But here's an interesting one, is agave syrup, which a lot of people believe is healthy, is 95% fructose. So when I look at that, I say, mm, not healthy at all. Not a good option. No. Researchers found in lab rats and mice, when fructose hits the liver in sufficient amount or in sufficient quantities, the liver converts most of it to fat. I mean, we've kind of been saying that all along. Yeah. So it is, after all, sugar that is making people fat and leads to fatty liver disease. So instead of alcohol, we now have high fructose corn syrup, which is metabolized a lot uh, the same way. So, well, it's time here for a break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. As a nurse, I must take 24 continuing education credits every two years to maintain my nursing license. So if you're a nurse out there, did you realize our classes are offering continuing education credits? The Weight and Wellness series of six two-hour classes will earn you 14 credits. More important, you will learn how to stay healthy so you can continue to be a nurse. And I know there's a lot of unhealthy nurses out there. 
Mm-hmm. They have uh, a hard so, job. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Crazy so, hours. <laughs> cra- crazy. A lot of things. That's why I work for you, Dar. So call the office if you have questions. Six five one six nine nine three four three eight. We'll be right back with Dishing Up Nutrition. If you stop and think about your eating habits, do you have habits that are holding you back from participating fully in life? You know, it's a common problem for many people. Following a healthy eating plan in our society takes a lot of knowledge, takes a lot of desire, takes a lot of support. It takes a lot of determination because that's what we do every day. Doesn't it? I mean, just think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yes. We ha- we have this knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> but we also have to have the desire. And and it's nice to have be the working in a supportive environment where not all that stuff is around. That's for sure. And then I find it takes a lot of determination on my part to continue to eat healthy with a goal in my mind. Yep. You know, I'm not going to have fatty liver disease. That's right. Or many other things. So should we take absolutely? A let's uh, okay. let's take a caller here. Melanie, thanks for uh, calling us. Hi, good Hi. morning. Did you have a um, question for us today? Yes, I have been diagnosed with fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I had a specialized MRI and a CT scan uh, for it, and um, went to a doctor uh, for follow-up about oh, the hunger I'm having, which is obviously connected because I'm eating the wrong. Well, I am eating the wrong things and just a real sugar addict, and he's um, suggested, like, well, first I was taking Wellbutrin, then Metformin, then he wants me to go to something else with amphetamine um, for that, but it's, it's like I'm trying to figure out how to not feel hungry all the time. I'm assuming I might be in a loop. Well, you know what? I, th- I, I think that we, and I think that's a common fear for people with this condition or insulin resistance, because realistically you do have more hunger so you have to and that's what we help people do we balance out the food so that you're eating sufficient amount of protein you know you can't be low on protein you need to have sufficient amount of good vegetables lots and then of you have to have more fat because it is the healthy fat that actually helps to heal your liver and it balances out your blood sugar and then it, it, it is sometimes a full-time job eating this way at first because two hours later, you've got to eat that way again. And then two hours later, you've got to eat that again. But what happens is people will start to balance out their blood sugar. They will stop eating the sugar. They will start reversing some of their liver conditions and their insulin resistance, and their energy will start to come back up. And But it takes support for people. I mean... You can't just do this on your own. And some of our clients see us as nutritionists. They also take some of our classes so that it's in their brain all the time, in their brain all the time, how to do this. And after a period of time, your hunger starts to go away. And all the medications and all the things that, that it just doesn't work. It takes real food. Mm-hmm. That's my bad. There I am on my soapbox. <laughs> so the sugar cravings will go away? Yes. 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 But, but you have to do a lot of specific things, Melanie. For you, I would recommend um, our six-week weight and wellness series 
or an individual consultation because uh, you have or both yeah both, both. Um, <laughs> you need a lot of support and a lot of education to to understand your body's metabolism and in my opinion as a nurse the worst thing you can do is to take more medications because it's your liver's job to detox these foreign substances um, but you know in what? your body you know we understand why doctors prescribe those because they don't have the ability to sit down and teach people how to eat right. Correct. You can't do that in seven minutes. That's right. No. It takes time. That's right. So, you know, and everybody is, uh, uh, you know, addicted to the quick fix of, you know, yeah. take this and it will help you. I did try a couple of the, the drugs and I'm not taking anything yeah. because I don't, they weren't helping. Yeah. And I didn't want to be taking more, more stuff. So what area of town do you live in? I live in uh, Northeast Minneapolis. Okay. You know, go see Wendy in. She's at uh, at, at our North Oaks office, or she's at our St. Paul office on Wednesday, on Wednesday. But either office is would be great, and that's a that's a good solution. Thank you. But I we really do appreciate the call. Yeah, thank you. Yes, a- absolutely. Thank you very much. Yes. And oh. it is easier said than done, isn't it? It oh, is. There's like, a lot that's of... why people need support. That's why people need exactly. guidance. That's why developing new that's habits. That's why we're there. Right. Exactly. But this this reminds me of one of the things Dr. Lustig says about high fructose corn syrup is you your brain doesn't know how to utilize high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Good point. It knows how to use uh, utilize sucrose. So your brain, you could have tons of sugar floating in your bloodstream and your liver soaked in it, but your brain is telling you you're still hungry. Yep. Yep. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it amazing. Is. Well, we have one more caller. Okay. Uh, Luann, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Yes. Um, I just had a quick question sure. about um, how can you tell if you're insulin resistant? Well, one of the things that people, you know, in fact, in one of our classes, we have a great picture of a little boy that has developed insulin resistance. And you can see a normal weight and his, he has no little tummy. And then each step as he gets more and more insulin resistance, that that front tummy, that belly gets a little bit bigger. So that is one indication. Another indication, if you have a lot of infl- inflammation and pain in your body, sometimes that goes back to insulin resistance. Those are my clues. Um, being hungry all the time, that's insulin resistance. Having those blood sugar ups and downs, yep. you know, where you hit 10 o'clock in the morning and you feel shaky and irritable and and, you know, that's another indication. And fatigue. Do, and fatigue. Uh, let me ask you, Luann, do you have any symptoms? I'm, I'm very petite. Um, I might have some inflammation, although it's not, not excessive. I am hungry a lot. Uh-huh. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm eating. I've taken some of your classes. I eat the way that you say, so I eat five times a day. Okay. So if I don't do that, you know, then I can tell my blood sugar. Okay. You might just be very healthy and, you know, and not have any insulin resistance if you're doing that. But there's no test for it or you just have to sort of go by symptoms. It's best to go by symptoms. And sometimes 
you can actually get there done. actually is a test that I recommend for a lot of my clients and doctors don't do it you have to ask um, I mean okay. I even had a, a nurse client this week and she says she'd never heard of it uh-huh. I have people get their insulin levels drawn insulin levels drawn that's yep. what you right it, you know and if we have insulin resistance at the cell membrane then your pancreas and your body pumps out a lot more insulin to try to get that sugar into your cells so that's a pretty good indication of uh, insulin resistance to ask you your doctor for it by saying insulin levels drawn yep insulin level yeah yep. and do you need to be fasting yes okay all right great super Thank question you. Good. Yeah. yeah, great question. Yes. Thanks, Luann. So let's go back and talk about what can people do to avoid this? Okay, yes. So how can you protect your liver from developing a liver disease? I think by now it makes sense to stop drinking all the sodas and fruit juices and any foods that contain high fructose corn syrup. Just don't eat them. Say, I'm loving my liver, and I want to keep it healthy. Yes, we do. So keep those livers healthy, and thanks for listening. Thank you. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.